Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the greatest show on earth, broken but glorious. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the live by the professional Nathan Cruz. How are you doing this evening, Nathan? I'm good, thank you very much for having me on. I apologise about the delay of this call. That's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, huge thanks for joining us this evening. So Nathan's joined us to the promote Frontline and WrestleGate double show on the 5th of October at the, um, the Rushcliffe Arena in Nottingham. Um, so the the event also has a live show from WrestleTalk. So it's a free shows in one day. So that sounds amazing. <laughs> so. Yeah. So before we get into the shows, um, I can't believe you're still in your twenties. You've seems to have been around forever. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's. <laughs> I started so young. I started wrestling when I was fifteen. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Last week I had my nineteenth birthday, and um, this past summer I celebrated thirteen years in the job. Um, and ten of them, it's been my full-time occupation. So yeah, wow. yeah, living a dream. Yeah, when I put your wiki on this one, I, I was thinking about 32, 33, because I was like, oh, I know you started young, but I didn't realise it was that young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, was there a wrestler you wanted to mould your star around when you started training? Um, it's funny, you know, like when you first start. I mean, when you you watch wrestling, you it's very different to when you get into it and you find out what type of wrestler you're going to be. Growing up, I was such a huge Undertaker fan. Yeah, um, I was just absolutely in awe with that uh, that character. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, the reality set in when I—I I mean, I'm not six foot eight. I'm, no. you know, I'm six foot pushing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, I'm, I you know, especially when I started wrestling, I was very small in stature. I was still growing, like so I was only fifteen, so I was about five foot nine, maybe. And then wow. on my best day would have been about 135 pounds. Really skinny kid, but no, I want one of those skinny kids with like definition. No. I was like a skinny fat kid. <laughs> I had no good genetic, no, no, no good genetics on my side to help me with this to begin with. But yeah, and then like the more I got into um, like actually learning wrestling, and, and um, I looked to to other guys that I was kind of like just. Those wrestlers that when I watched it as a fan, like I always knew they were good, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was that made them good, or yeah. at least like appeal to me. People like Triple H, Chris Jericho, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Like I always enjoyed watching them, but I just you know I was so captivated by the Undertaker's character. And I mean I'm not taking anything away from the Undertaker's work to this day. I still think I regard him as one of the best storytellers that's ever laced up a pair of boots. But um, it was those guys that started, like, I started to look at a bit more people like Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko as well. Yeah. That that whole the group of, of talent was, I, I started drawing inspiration from a lot of them, particularly Chris Jericho. Um, I can see that. I remember there was, yeah, yeah, there was, I mean, there's one stage in my career where you could have put a Polaroid of us next to each other and probably would have looked very similar. <laughs> I had that blonde highlights, my yeah. hair styled exactly like him. And yeah, it was, yeah, I was I was such a, a fan of Chris Jericho, and um, I, you know, and still, I'm not saying that I am to these days. Like I, I recently tweeted that I don't think there's going to be um, a generation of Chris Jericho, an incarceration of him that I won't find it, that won't inspire me. No, like every time definitely. he reinvents himself, he inspires me further. I just think he's he's so sharp and so on the ball with that stuff, and he always has been. Yeah, I'll, I'll struggle to think of a favourite iteration of Chris Jericho because every time he reinvents himself. It's something brilliant. <laughs> so, so. 
yeah, he's he's so smart with it, and yeah, I, I think Chris Jericho is probably my biggest influence. I'd say on my career, um, at, at least in in those in my like my early days, which would be, I'd say, particularly through the ages of seventeen through to like twenty five, like I really like molded my style around Chris Jericho. Definitely. So take us back to your first match and what do you remember about it in hindsight? Did you enjoy it? Was it any good? Uh, I mean, I was so nervous. <laughs> but, I mean, the funny story was was my training was terrible. I never knew this at the time. I was 15 and this was, you know, the in- internet was around, but it certainly wasn't what it was today. No, we definitely didn't have the access to so many good training schools. We kind of just had the wool pulled over our eyes and saw a wrestling school come to uh, a local city that I live in, which is Hull. And uh, that was it. Like, me and a bunch of friends was like, this is it. We, we're going to go train here. This is incredible. And we started training there, and then about four months passed, and, yeah, we got the opportunity to, to have our debut. Um, I was, yeah, I was terrified. I got battered. <laughs> um, you know, I was... I, and it, I think back then, like, it was still very... It wasn't very protected as, as much as it was, say, in the 80s and the 90s, or even to a lesser extent, those 2000s. But, like, at that point, like, you still kind of had to... I didn't think there were... You know, the, the lads that were in the ring or the fellas that were in the ring, they, they still have a protection of the of the job and you have to yes. kind of prove yourself, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, I just... I. It was just a rumble spot, and I got seven bells just knocked out of wow. me. It was, yeah, it was. There's a, I, I when I shared my 13 years in the job on on their social media. There's a picture from that match, and there's a handprint on my back oh. where someone had smacked me. And yeah, the 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 handprint so um, like so defined. He hit me so hard. You can see the lines in his hands, and there's no exaggeration. Like you can go and look at that picture. You can see where the lines in his fingers were when it connected to my back. And yeah, there was, and that was just my back. There was a few on my chest as well, and a few lumps on my head. But mm. you know, I just—it was one of them that I didn't. I, I was as nervous as I was, and you know, as daunting as that is, going in and getting your head kicked in, <laughs> like it—it. It, I just wanted it more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just one of the things like, well, I've, I've done this bit now, and now I've just got to keep going and proving myself, and keep improving. And yeah, fortunately for me, um, I started getting booked around uh, the Yorkshire region, and. Um, El Guerra is also from the Yorkshire region. Yes, yeah. And he saw me, he saw me on shows when I was about sixteen, seventeen, maybe being seventeen. Um, and for whatever reason, he saw something in me, um, and he he reached out to me also uh, on MySpace at the time, um, <laughs> and said that you know he's he's impressed, would like to help me out. And from there, he took me under his wing, and that's when I really started to learn. Um, you know. Before then, I just kind of got on on whatever this guy had taught us before, which was some of it was you know pretty dodgy. To be fair, oh. it wasn't wasn't <laughs> correct. But like, and I must have just got by on like natural charisma or whatever, and just a desire to want to do this. And yeah, and that's when things really started to change for me. Was when like took me into his wing. So yeah, Algaro instantly went into your top eight friends. Then. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough to remember it's a bit nicer. <laughs> For the longest time, I, I preferred MySpace. I was really, I was, I was fighting the fight for them and wasn't going to go on Facebook. <laughs> but then I ended up having to just tap out because I was like, I've got no friends got left. No on friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first match I saw you in was um, it must have been late 2014. It was an All Star show in New Brighton. It was an eight man tag, and you teamed okay, with yeah. 
he teamed with Gangrel and Thunder. Oh, I can't remember the other yeah. guy. But against Dean Ormar. No, uh, James Mason. It sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, it would have been like the 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 heel team versus the the baby first team yeah. of, of the guys who was on the show that evening. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, All Star. I mean, I, I I can talk forever about All Star wrestling. Uh, when I was a, a kid. They used to come to the whole city hall, yeah. um, and me and my best friend uh, Matt Myers, me and him used to go and watch those shows together. And uh, I remember getting a program, and I was about 13, 14 years old, and looking at the back of it and seeing the their schedule for where they're going to be, like all the towns that there was in, in addition to all the Butlins campsites. And I remember saying to Matty that, like this, you know, if we ever get into wrestling, this is where we need to. Work. And at least for me, that became my biggest aspiration wow. in British wrestling. I, I wanted to work for All Star Wrestling, um, and uh, fortunately for me, in 2009, I had a, my first match there in the summer. And then I got asked back um, early on in, I mean, legit on New Year's Day of 2010, wow. and then it, and then again later in the February, I think it was at Croydon. Uh, it might be in February or the January at Croydon. And I was against Tony Spitfire, and he um, he put on, you know, he knew what Brian liked, and Brian was it was the first time Brian was actually at the show. Brian Dixon, yes, um, the, the other two had previously been Letitia, his daughter, so yeah, it was the first time Brian would see me, and yeah, credit to Spitty, he knew exactly what Brian would want to see, so he kind of helped me with that, and um, yeah, and then from there Brian started offering me more and more work, and then that was when I was able to turn. You know, become full time and make it my profession. I was 19 years old, and you know, like I said, leagues certainly helped me get to that point. And you know, he, and through those first few years, all star was working a lot with him, so I was still learning from him. And to be fair, I still learn from leagues. And you know, every time that we've ever you know crossed paths or talk about wrestling, but um, yeah, uh, joining all star was the biggest learning experience for me. In this profession, bar none, I I had so many, I had access to so many people's brains that I could pick, and that would you know because I had a good attitude, like they took the time to teach me thing, things as well, and yeah, it was I could like I said I could talk for all, about All Star Wrestling for absolutely days. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I have so much love for that company and for Brian Dixon. Do you hear that they're selling the famous house in Birkenhead? The digs, I did, yeah. yeah. So that the other day it was yeah, end of and like they posted on their Facebook page, it's the end of an era. Yeah, really is. Um, I spent, I um, me, I used to travel a lot, so I didn't spend like a lot of time in that house. But the summer of 2013, um, this was before I had my car, and Colossus Kennedy had actually left the team. He'd gone and got a, a day job, so I had to live in the digs for that summer. And so yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories in that house with you know, a lot of good people that I'm, yeah. you know, I'm still friends with to this day that it's yeah it's, it's and when that's yeah I mean again it's it's a big part of, of wrestling history that uh, I saw that online like, within British wrestling history yeah definitely it's such a great show um, all star my kids love it my 14 year old kid that loves it my 4 year old loves it and it's yeah it's, just yeah. Very, it's very panto and I love the way the, it, oh, the good guys yeah, come out with a British flag yeah. and the bad guys come out with a pirate flag. But then again, I've had some of, more, like, phys- some of my most physical contests I've also had at All-Star. Yes. I remember me and Dean Allmark having a 20-minute Ironman match once at um, the Victoria Hall wow. in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah, and I, I particularly really remember enjoying that match, but we came back from it really, yeah, we really got stuck into each other in that. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's some great wrestlers. The last one, last one we went to was, it was um, James Mason and Oliver Gray had a great match. I think the yeah. top rope broke halfway through as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, it was a brilliant show. I can't, there's a, they're coming here again in October, so we're going to that one. I can't wait. So. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I've just done maths in my head. That means you were 21 when you were crowned the inaugural Progress Champion. Uh, I was, yeah. Wow. It's funny, actually. Um, the reason I was I was late is me and my fiance were just having a sort out of some stuff in the house, and I've just uh, I've got a big drawer of like memorabilia that I've kept over the years of yeah. like newspaper articles, magazines, and stuff. And um, I came across the first ever Progress Wrestling poster. Wow! And it, and it was it simply states, "Do you remember when professional wrestling was awesome?" And it's just a picture of me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this, uh, the times have really changed now." So but was, yeah, it was really cool to to kind of look back on that. And yeah, I was twenty one when uh, when I was the inaugural Progress Champion. Yeah, must have been an amazing feeling to, for the company has put such faith in such young shoulders. Yeah, I was I was baffled. Like I remember getting the email about it, and then they and then. Yeah, we agreed to this day, we agreed on a fee, and then we have this show coming up in London. And, you know, we was all kind of sceptical, because this is back when British wrestling was struggling. Unless, it, yeah. outside of all-star wrestling, you had, like, the odd good promotion coming through that was making, like, waves, like, new generation wrestling. Um, but then you'd have, like, you'd have these one-off promotions that'd start, like, oh, we're going to get into wrestling. And like, oh, all right, okay, well... We'll see how it goes. But anyways, we get there and the atmosphere is incredible. And then, yeah, the week before that show, I found out that it was, you know, wanting me to, to take the championship. And then, yeah, I remember leaving that. I did the first match with Colossus. And then before I went into the main event, I remember knowing it was coming down to me and Marty. I turned to Marty and I was like, mate, we've really got to, um, really got to deliver here. Yeah. Because one thing, him and Zach had just tore the house down as well. But two, like, I just... I got a vibe about that place from the start, and um, yeah, and I, I mean I've got great fond memories of Progress Wrestling and and all the things that I did there, um, but those early chapters in particular, I that the two out of three falls at Chapter Two with Marty Scale for the title is still one of my favourite matches to this day. Um, yeah, I really, uh, this, Progress has got a special place in my heart. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How do you think? The company's going to go now. Jim Smallins said he's going to leave. Um, I truthfully like. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I've kind of kept an eye off of progress. There was oh, like a real not not anything between me and them personally. There was just some I, I speculated ripple of, uh, effects from WWE um, towards like mid two thousand seventeen, where I made the decision to to walk away from progress. From, for my own mental health more oh, than anything um, and kind of like I've kind of really kept my eye off it really I've really followed much of what they've been doing I'm aware that it's changing a lot and it's very much got WWE stamping on it now um, but yeah uh, I mean I hope it does I hope it continues to do well I mean I <clears throat> I saw at least this past weekend I saw that you know Ali Pali did very well it was still selling out so you know I hope that, that continues to happen because you know progress is I think uh, as much as All Star Wrestling and certain other promotions have, have made like a good a good point in British wrestling history, and I think Progress Wrestling certainly one of them that you, if you was to ever write a book about British wrestling, 
I think now progress has certainly earned its stripes to, to make that book and, and all the, the changes that they've helped to make and you know, all the progress, pardon yeah. the pun, that they've helped to, to make in the you know, since their inception in two thousand and twelve. Yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit of a strange couple of months of British wrestling. You've got the closure of Defiance and Chaos and the cancellation of the OWE tour and the mm. problems the Red Pro have had recently and the that promoter from Broken Ring last week. So the phrase rest is dead has been thrown around social media recently, so I mean, I find, I, I, yeah. truthfully, I find that laughable. Yeah. I don't think British wrestling is dead at all. I mean, the, that's happening. People are saying that on Twitter, but at the same time, like, this past Saturday, I was doing the whole City Hall for NGW with a thousand people there, yes. which they run four times a year and can draw that crowd, if not more, especially towards the end of the year. Ali Pali was sold out. You know, this Future Shock was sold out. And Brian Dixon still running very well I've just come off a very busy they're probably one of the busiest summers I've ever done yes. in a long time I was wrestling seven days a week um, for six weeks like wow. constantly and I, I, once a week I was always at the Bridlington Spa as well which isn't a holiday camp you know what I mean it's, it's a rented out venue and there was always at least getting 400 in there every week for Mega wow. Slam Wrestling so the idea that British wrestling is dead is, you know, I think that people kind of look towards the niche market and see what's going on there and worry about that. But I mean, Brian Dixon for, is 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 a good uh, example of this. I mean, he's been around for over four decades now, and he's seen the rise and fall of that type of stuff. But because he's always targeted family audiences, he's always had a he's always had a a, a business, and I think that's the same for new generation wrestling NGW. Been my home promotion since two thousand and eight, and they've always gone after that audience. And subsequently, they've just continued to grow and thrive and become, you know, as big as they are today and as busy as they are today. Yeah, I've heard people complaining about WWE NXT Robin so many stars, but it's just made space for the the main events just been cleared out for other stars like Chris Brooks and Chris uh, exactly. Ridgeway and. Like it's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna evolve. Do you know what I mean? That's wrestling. That's wrestling. It's it's always gonna evolve. People are gonna move up. People are gonna go to different places, and it makes me laugh how people are getting so upset by WWE taking these people. It's like, well, they've been doing this for for literally decades. Yes, it's just because at first they was very generous in saying these aren't going to be exclusive contracts. You kill, you know, you can still work elsewhere that that very rarely happens and at least in the past two decades they've never allowed that no definitely do you know what i mean like people have been spoiled to me to a to an extent and um for them to now get really upset by this and just think well you know you've got you as a company they've got to come to a point where they've got to look after their best interests and their investment and um and yeah i completely get it what what, what we is doing there and like you say it opens up space for new talent to come through you know, the wrestling the wrestling industry always evolves and always grows and we're always going to be on the lookout for new talent oh, yeah. coming up and this just creates those opportunities. There's so many, so many great wrestlers come through like Gene Muddy and Carl Noir, uh, Warren yeah. Banks, uh, the yeah. JMO. Noir as well. I mean, I'm, I'm and OJMO, Michael. I'm, I remember spotting Michael at a seminar I did for Daryl Allen down at um, um, Knucklehawks Gym. And I just instantly, I was, there's something about this kid. He's, you know, he's going to go far, and he wants it, and he was dedicated. Um, and yeah, Kyron Noir, he's been around for a long time, and, yes. um, he, and, and not people, not that many people knew him, but he, he was just finding this character, and you know, finding himself in the ring, and you know, looking at him now, finally getting the, you know, the adulation that he deserves, in my opinion. 
He's somebody I really need to see live because I've only seen I've seen videos of him at the Wrestling Resurgence and at Ripside. Oh so, yeah, it's, it, that that entrance is an experience. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Do you see mainly McKenzie's version of it? I haven't. No, 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 no. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Now. It was really funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is Shreddy Breck, aka Mister Clangin' and Bangin', and you are listening to Broken but Glorious because this ain't no gimmick. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> All right, so we get the reason you're here. So Frontline and WrestleGate stool events on the fifth of October at the Rushcliffe Arena in Nottingham. Um, the show also has Wrestle Talk doing a show as well. So two great looking cards. Um, what should the listeners expect from this event? I mean, I, I, they're, they're both Frontline and WrestleGate offer that um, you know that hard hitting, fast paced style. Um, Frontline's kind of been its, its own little entity, and has got the—I uh, mean, I've—I've I've only appeared for them once so far. This will be my second appearance for them, but they've got a cool little system there that they've—they've they've got going on with like the students and like, the young lions and stuff. And I really like—I really like how those shows are for myself. I mean. I'm stepping in the ring on Frontline in the afternoon with Rampage Brown yes. on the evening with Dean Olmark. Um, two people that I could talk so much about. I mentioned when I got to All Star um, how it was my biggest learning experience and partly that was because Rampage Brown took me under his wing when I got there and he started teaching me. I mean, to this day, I've, I regard him as the best wrestler in this country, probably in Europe, and, um, and that opinion has not changed in like 10 years that I've now known him he just he's got such a believability about everything he does and he's he he can always impress me every time I watch him I'm just so impressed by him and he he, he taught me so much I've got nothing but respect for him and um, and then Dean Allmark it was funny when I was a kid going to watch those shows my two favourite wrestlers my two favourite British wrestlers was Robbie Dynamite and Dean Allmark yes. and um yeah, when I when I joined All Star and I started to wrestle these guys and learn from them, I was like, this is, you know, I had to kind of pinch myself of it. And um, you know, I've I've had the privilege of wrestling Dean on so many occasions now, and um, I I just love it every single time. Like I've got again nothing but respect for him. Um, he's been around for a long time and he still loves it. Um, and at times, even when it, when this becomes testing for me, and I even have and I've had. Uh, thoughts before about wanting to quit I, I look at someone like Dean and I think well Dean hasn't Dean kept going Dean loves it so I, I always feel at times like I owe it to people like him yes definitely so getting to wrestle him is uh, and, and again we haven't we like I said we used to wrestle quite a lot but we haven't wrestled one on one for a long while now um, I think we had a, a brief encounter all star earlier this year at a, a one off event but yeah, we haven't, uh, especially in, in the environment of a WrestleGate audience, which are you know always spectacular crowd, um, and the two that I've done there. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited for for that entire day. I know that I'm probably going to be waking up and feeling a little worse for wear the following day after those say, two you, matches. Would you be hoping it'll, it'll, the matches were the other way round with the Brown being yeah. a, such a powerhouse and then teams being more technical? So you might. Not I know, right? But I, I, the thing is, it's like. Me and Dean just hold nothing back, and we get in there with each other. We wow. we just paste each. Other. <laughs> so yeah, I've got I've got a rough day ahead of me, but like it's one that I'm excited for. I know that I'm gonna have two very enjoyable contests, um, and I'm yeah, and I'm you know I, I'm very confident that the audience are going to 
enjoy both those matches just as much as I'm going to enjoy doing them. So with certain wrestlers that you've wrestled lots of times, like Rampage and Dean, do you have like a pretty much a match laid out in place? Because you, you've got like the spots. Um, like, you like... know what? Not not often, to no. be fair. Um, I mean, the the person I've wrestled the most is Alighiero. I think we ended up in the match. He he knows the exact number. I think it's like two hundred and twenty odd times or something yeah. like that. And uh, yeah, sometimes in the summer we'd have like a go to match, but quite often, especially in these type of events, like I don't want to be like stifled creatively. I like to come in and, and you know have some new ideas and fresh ideas and a fresh approach to the match. And um, and especially after all these years, like I'd hate to be stepping in the ring in 2019 relying on stuff that I was doing in 2012 because oh, to me that means that I haven't evolved or progressed in as a wrestler in seven years. So yeah, I, I, am, I, I always take a different approach to these matches. It always depends to me on A, the environment, B, the the story of the match going into it. I mean, some matches have a bit more, you know, like uh, of a, a standpoint of a story going into into the contest, and then others, you know, it's just an exhibition match. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't really have those. Like once, once, twice, might have those few things like um, on on the summer run with certain individuals. But for the most part, now I just I like to be creative in what I do. Yeah, actually, I always heard back in the day is that Jody Fleisch, Johnny Storm, they had the Fleisch Storm match, and they <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've, I've, um, I saw Wrestle Talk at WrestleMediaCon last year. It was such a funny show. Um, I'm sure Luke Ollie and the rest of the team are going to bring something amazing to the show. So I'll put um, ticket information in the description below the interview. Hi, this is the Asian sensation Kanji, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. So, um, I think I'll finish on a... I think it's a fun question. So. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, sure. So... <clears throat> So if aliens invaded the Earth, and let's say they were Predator, Klingons-type aliens rather than Makami-type aliens, and they challenged the Earth to a 4-4 four four Survivor Series match, you were chosen to captain Team Earth. Which three wrestlers would you want to be on your team to represent the Earth? Oh, God. Uh, okay. Robbie Dynamite, because he's probably the toughest wrestler I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Um, oh... Fit Finley, wow, yes. in his in his prime, um, was completing this for me. You know what, Mick Foley, because if you know if somebody's gonna be able to take a paste and then continue, it's Foley. Yeah. So Mick <laughs> Foley in his prime, Fit Finley in his prime, Robbie Dynamite in his prime. Oh yes, that's great. I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be just meeting the slaughter there. To be <laughs> I'd be just going in and hoping those three can get us through it. <laughs> But you're the first person not to pick Rob Strowman. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of fodder. <laughs> <laughs> right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Nathan underscore Cruz, C-R-U-Z, 1990. Um, I have a Facebook fan page. Um, my Facebook page uh, like my actual facebook is private please don't add me on there um it's just for close friends and family i don't keep it away from business um but yeah you can find me on social media and on those and like mainly instagram and twitter the two that i'm, I'm most active on and myspace 
<laughs> I think my MySpace is dead, buried, and gone. <laughs> I haven't logged in since 2010, I think. <laughs> right, so I'll, put, I'll put links to it in the description to all the yeah. your, your links. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Oh, thanks very much, Christopher. I enjoyed being on. <laughs>